All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We are back for another week. Ben, how are you? I'm fantastic, sir. Can't complain. How has your week been? Very good, considering it's been kind of slow, but at the very least, I got to the gym, and that always makes me happy. Yes, I, I, I saw you posted a picture at the gym of yourself at the gym. Yes, with uh, with my new godson named Bruce Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> I was... Uh... Oh, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you know what? You talk about me being this godly man. You, sir, are like a celebrity now. What the, you're, you're the godson of Bruce Wayne, the no. millionaire. No, yeah, I, guess, I guess he, he got rid of Alfred and he said, no, no, Alfred, you're out. We're bringing in Ben. Yes, I'm. I'm actually the Godfather of Batman. Yes, <laughs> my uh, my trainer uh, has bequeathed that title upon me because she has a dog whose name is Bruce Wayne. So <laughs> that's where that, that comes is from. awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Okay, I yes. gotta ask you though, when you're at that gym. I see how like it's green. The ground is green. What is that? Is that like uh, is that like that artificial turf thing? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 artificial turf for lacrosse. Oh, right on. that's all right. That's pretty cool. Because they're uh, um, they're largely a uh, lacrosse um, facility. Oh, cool. The lacrosse uh, the official sport of Canada. No, it's not hockey, even though we. We are the home of hockey. Lacrosse is actually the official sport. I didn't know that, but yeah, the um the owner the owner of the gym is the strength and conditioning coach for like four national lacrosse teams, mm-hmm. and does does a bunch of high school and college cl- classes for lacrosse too. Okay. So, but yeah, that's what they do. That's pretty cool. All right, very good. Um, my uh, my week's been uh, uh we're locked down again. The whole freaking province. I don't know, man. They're 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 getting like they're getting even stricter now. Apparently, uh, they're gonna start what they've been doing in Quebec. In Quebec, they've been they've um implemented curfews. I think they're starting to do the same thing here as well for like, I don't know how many, 28 days or something. This has to end soon because this is ridiculous. Well, yeah, I agree. But but the issue is people are idiots and they don't want to listen. Right. It's like, like, um, okay, uh, just recently um, I was watching news, or my mom was watching news, and uh, this woman uh, from the U- traveled from here, from Ontario, traveled to the UK for business. When she returns, doesn't even quarantine. So now she's, it's, uh, I guess, spreading even more now. So people don't want to listen. I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's just... Um... But the, the problem with it now is as much damage as the actual virus is doing, these these shutdowns are doing more damage because by by cutting yep, yep. by cutting people off at the knees financially, you're just you're screw, you're screwing them doubly as hard as the virus. 
And it's ridiculous because now they got like one from Africa, one from the UK. It's like, okay, relax. Uh, you know? Well, hopefully 2022 will be normal. I, I don't hold that much hope for 2021. Uh, but, uh, but speaking maybe, of that, Maybe after January 20th. We won't get into that. Yeah, so one can dream. Yeah. But... Uh, but the, but the thing is, where I don't have much hope is WWE television. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. And what a what a smooth segue into the next segment of the show. Should we get into this from these craptastic <laughs> shows? <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, I I would like to I would like to congratulate Elio on being quite the. Uh, I have coined him the godly man today because he has decided to take upon himself the duty of reviewing Monday Night Raw for you, which I begged him to do because I, quite frankly, I don't have the patience. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, we shall bow our heads in prayer for your safe return from this Raw review because it sucked. So, without further ado, if you would like to uh, start Maybe us off. Bow our heads in prayer. <laughs> Lord, help me get through this otherwise catastrophic episode of Monday Night Raw. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that was tremendous. Okay, so our first batch and we have no no sorry we're gonna start with an opening segment which was stupid and boring and pointless. Why do they do this? Randy Orton and Triple H. So apparently Triple H is out and Randy Orton interrupts him and says he wants to fight Triple H. Triple H says no because there's nothing in it for him. Like he he's he benefits nothing from doing so. And then Orton has to go has to go there. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like why do they do this? Why? This is this I, is this is so lame. It's like this is the oldest and weakest uh, way to get someone up mad. Yeah, but I mean, like, how many times are we going to hear that line about Triple H's balls? Like, well, that's I, why. That's why I said that's like so weak. It's like how what? many times are we going to do this? Like, we've heard that exact line from Randy Orton to Triple H. Like, you, before, you, know, so. you know, you know what this is? This you know what that reminds me of? What? That's right. Whenever someone says the word "bitch," that's like their go-to word. This is their go-to. Exactly. It's also. Just, Although it's not as bad as bitch, bitch is atrocious. But um, no, that's yeah, it's terrible. She's like, it, every, yeah. you can't run out of anything to say. You can't uh, think of what to say. Just say that word. Exactly. No, don't. And, and it's it should it should be mentioned before we move on that. Um, the reason why Triple H was uh, on Raw was because uh, Drew McIntyre tested positive yeah. uh, for uh, the virus. So um, they had to make a uh, call to the so-called bullpen, and uh, Triple H came out on the fly. 
So, you know, I, I actually have a lot of uh, respect for Triple H for doing that, um, you know, because at this point he doesn't have to. But, but the, thing that, the thing that annoys me is, okay, yeah, yeah they have a, a serious situation with Drew McIntyre, and from what I've heard, a few other people have uh, recently contracted the virus in this, in this latest outbreak. Um, but, but, you know, doesn't WWE have the deepest roster they've ever had? So I'm a little bit confused as to why it falls on Triple H to, uh, to come out and save the day. So all respect to him for doing that, like I said, but it just, it strikes me as unnecessary. And, uh, you know, who wants to see Triple H versus Randy Orton again? I don't. First of all, uh, secondly, um, Triple H wrestled in his T-shirt, so apparently he was having some sort of physique problem. It kind of, it kind of reminded me of like the last uh, Nitro, where uh, Ric Flair wrestled in a T-shirt against Sting. So, but you know, it, it really wasn't a match. It was, it was all like a. Um, it was all just like a blatantly obvious lead-in to what I'll refer to as the fireball incident, which we'll get into later on. Um, but, it, you know, it's just, I don't need to see this. And it's the same formulate bullshit that Raw always does. You know, like, we know what's going to happen. We're going to get a 15-minute um, promo to start the show. And then, and then we're going to get a, a video package hyping the first match, probably. And then, well, that, that leads into our first match. It is Lacey Evans defeating Charlotte Flair oh and Rick Flair's heel in this match. I thought he turned heel last week when he hooked... When he hooked, uh, no, but last week they 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 were making it like oh, it was an accident. But this week he, but, he, but when you look at it, it was there's no way you could misconstrue that as an accident. That's why I'm saying, like, I yeah. understand. What, no, I, understand I, I get it. Saying, I'm like, like, I get it. Didn't he last week? But uh, they're playing off like that was an accident. This was intentional only. Okay, can I just can I just mention, um. Lacey Evans is my age, I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, Ric Flair is 71 years old, so that's a 39-year age difference. First of all, just... that's creepy. Second of all, Lacey Three. Evans is married. This is her daughter. Her da- I'm sure her daughter watches the show. Like, why? what are you doing? Like, it's just creepy. <laughs> what are you, you doing? Like, because I'm sure her daughter watches the show. Like it's just it's it's terrifying. And then when she called him daddy, I was like I was fighting the urge to throw up in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, actually, Ben, hold on. I've got information. Lacey Evans, uh, you're 31, right? No, I'm 32. Three. She's like two years younger. Oh. She's 30. Oh, so that's even worse. <laughs> What? Now, <laughs> but, what is going on here? There's a 41-year age difference, ladies and gentlemen. No. 
God damn. No, okay. Wait. Then we go into break. After break. <sighs> now, is it just me or did you catch her ridiculous laugh or cackle or whatever it was that she does? Oh, it was it was so, it was so cringe. I, I picture her twirling her mustache while her victim is tied to the railroad tracks. Well, yeah, it's uh, you know she she got her uh, she gets her uh, she gets her shtick from Al Joplin. Don't I was like, <laughs> like, no, don't do that. Stop. It's it's like it's like a mix <laughs> between Al Joplin and. Uh, and Charlie Chaplin, I don't know. You know, it's that, like which one's just, worse? It was disturbing. Is all it was. <laughs> I know. And then, then we have the first of of um, two wrestlers who wrestled more than once on this night. We have Jeff Hardy defeating Jackson Riker. Yeah. Then Elias tells Jackson Riker. That he's gonna take care of Jeff Hardy, and I can't believe we're still going with the storyline from last summer, which oh. is stupid first of all. But oh, Jesus, Jeff Hardy defeats Elias. Elias tells Riker not to get involved. Pay attention. Elias tells Riker not to get involved. Jackson Riker listens. He doesn't get involved. Jeff Hardy defeats Elias, <laughs> and then Elias yells at Riker, "Why didn't you help me?" Because, because, I'm like, and he's like, because you told me not to. I'm like, well, Riker's not wrong. What exactly? And I caught that too. Um, But but here's the thing: it just reiterates that um, Elias is either brain dead or just, or just straight up the stupidest son bitch in the game. Because I mean, I seriously think he believes that the story is real at you this know, point. Well, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, that's like that's like admitting that you're the guy that actually believes that the stripper likes you while she's dancing for you. Like, the, yeah, let's not no, go. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, the, the way they're making this up, like, they're still going with the story that should have yeah. wrapped up a long time ago. Yeah, to, to your point, they're making... They're making Elias look like a jackass. So then we had Keith Lee and Sheamus defeating The Miz and Morrison. Okay, okay. Can I, can I just can I just say at least at least we didn't have a Miz TV segment, but we, we might have gotten something a little bit worse. So so after uh, after Keith Lee and Sheamus defeat uh, The Miz and Morrison. They're, they're they're all happy and you know high fiving and let's go have a Guinness and you know chop it up, but and but then we come back from a commercial break and they're arguing and they're gonna have a match now now look like I said like I said before I I thought I was under the impression that WWE now has a, the deepest roster they've ever had. So why are you having people wrestle slightly? So, okay, well then, uh, 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 for entertainment purposes, I'll bite. You had a you had a coronavirus outbreak. You're thinking on the fly. You know, I don't really buy that excuse, but for the purpose of this segment, I will I'll bite. So of all people, you you have you have 
Keith Lee and and Sheamus wrestling twice, um, which by itself, you know, I, I don't mind because I, I like both of those guys outside of how outside of how main roster has destroyed Keith Lee, but that's another story uh, that, that we've gotten into many times, and I'd rather not spend three hours of my afternoon screaming. Um, how, however, so. So, two minutes ago they were fine, and now they're they're screaming at each other, uh, and they want to fight. So, and I see what's going on there. Well, I do too. I know exactly where they're going with it. It 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 doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, you know. But but the thing the thing is, yeah, you wanna you wanna get. Keith Lee and Sheamus to um, to the Royal Rumble. I think that I think that's very obvious where they're going with it. But do you have to treat your your audience like a bunch of simpletons in order to get that done? I mean, are we not supposed to remember that they were fine b- before the commercial break? I was going to say this is a true McIntyre and uh, Sheamus. Remember when they were fighting a couple of weeks ago? Then uh, they're fine the next moment. The next yeah. moment. Yeah, I mean, the, the WWE loves to go this route, and it, it's just absolutely mystifying as to why they continue to play that game. It's really, it's really annoying. Um. So. Uh, so then, after after all of this happens. It uh, as we have a special guest on the program, uh, popping his head in. Hello, um, but uh, yeah, but anything we, we, we had that we, we had a video, a zoom bomber, exactly. And, it's a uh, zoom invasion. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> a, well, I can guarantee you it's more entertaining than, than seeing this kindergarten level bullshit that we have going on between thank you kind stranger <laughs> <laughs> you know like I, was, like I was getting ready to say it's better than this kindergarten level bullshit we have going on between Keith Lee and Seamus and, and keep keep in mind ladies and gentlemen that Keith Lee and Seamus are two of the most legit badasses on the roster and this is what they're being reduced to uh, no thank you then we okay now i had to laugh at this part because backstage riddles with the lucha house party oh my god <laughs> and he, he called them brochachos <laughs> come on that was funny come on no it wasn't Elio. It was, that was funny it was fucking annoying no <laughs> See, even, even even your captive audience can't believe that Matt Riddle used the word brochachos. That was funny. Come on. When he called them brochachos, are you kidding me? That was hilarious. <laughs> well, clearly... You're, but you're, you're, you're my brochacho. <laughs> well, well, I would... Uh, I would like to take that as a compliment, so uh, thank you, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think um, 
I think Matt Riddle's been watching too many Cheech and Chong movies. <laughs> and that leads that, that leads into um that leads into our next match. Bobby Lashley destroying Matt Riddle. Which 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 brings up my next point. Uh, he has to be high as fuck talking about Matt Riddle, obviously, because after he after he gets his ass kicked by um, Lashley, by Lashley, Are you distracted in two minutes. He he then has lost enough brain cells to challenge MVP to a match directly after this. Yep, right after it, like he gets and he defeats uh, MVP, I believe, right? Or yeah. Did he beat him? Because I, I don't, I don't. Did he? I don't. I don't. Oh, jeez, now I forgot. Because I don't have like when I wrote these down on my notes, I just wrote like whatever Riddle versus MVP. I didn't write like Riddle defeated or whatever. Well, I, so I'm not well, even sure. Well, either way, it was atrocious, and I yep. think I, I think I was um, at my fridge getting a refreshment. And then we had. A match to determine who's will be in the something wrong. <laughs> what, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? I I just noticed once again. It's Elio's favorite pastime on the podcast. <laughs> no, you would think that he enjoys my brand of humor, but no. While I'm while I'm analyzing Monday Night Raw, he is once again partaking in his favorite pastime, fucking with the control panel, and and renaming Elio's Bochacho. What what in the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, it's more entertaining than this show was. Well, 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 can't argue with you there, but nonetheless, it's just, oh my God. <laughs> so, our next match is to determine who will be entering in the Rumble. Now, we both know both of these oh guys are going to be in the Rumble. God. Why, are the, why do we have to have a match? We know they're both going to be in there. Uh, well, because because once again, WWE has to treat us like we're a bunch of simpletons. So AJ Styles defeats Drew Gulag in a pointless uh, match. Uh, well, and this, this is pointless in, in a couple of different ways because if you'll recall, earlier in the evening, and ladies and gentlemen, we skip segments from time to time because quite frankly, they're boring as fuck. And if, if nope. we co- if we covered every single segment, we would be here for four hours and nobody wants that. And then you'd miss your football game. Well, uh, uh, yeah, we, uh, which is why we're here at... at which is why we are doing the, an, uh, a special matinee edition of the PNC Bigger Servicing Podcast. Exactly. So I thank you for working around my schedule. But but here's here's something that I just don't understand. So earlier in the evening, uh, Adam Pierce, who gets more television time than Aleister Black, which I find ridiculous, but that's another that's another story. Mm-hmm. So he he announces that 
There will be no one uh, declaring that entry. All of all of these people have to earn their spots. So then Drew Gulak has an opportunity against AJ Styles. Well, obviously AJ Styles is gonna win that match. But then, but then later on in the evening, we have an untold number of individuals who declare themselves to the Royal Rumble. I thought they had to earn their spot in the Rumble. Well, apparently I did too, but then, then <laughs> apparently I missed something. But no, I assure you, I didn't miss the damn thing because I actually pay attention to continuity on this fucking show. <laughs> Which is which is the concept that uh, Raw seems allergic to, but even on SmackDown, that everybody's declaring for this fucking Rumble. I mean, st- stop declaring for the Rumble. What I want you to do. You know what? You know what, Ben? I think you and I should declare ourselves for the Rumble. Well, f- well I mean, why not? Everyone. everyone else seems to be doing it, right? Well, that well that would be entertaining. How would they get the wheelchair in the ring? It's possible. I mean, I I would kill everybody, but I mean, I would need I would need the Andre the the giant lift, you know, from WrestleMania three, which which would be fucking awesome. Sure, no problem. We'll we'll, we'll figure that out. Not, I'm sure I'm sure they have that sort of way somewhere in Titan Towers. Um, actually, but, they actually, um, Jimmy Corders was saying that. There is there is a warehouse where they have a lot of stuff stored away. Yeah, and I, I I've actually seen pictures of that in like old versions of the WWE magazine. So, I would li- I would love to sit in their warehouse where they have all their libraries of videos and go through all the old videos. Oh yeah, that that's like a that, that's like a wrestling fan's wet dream right there. I agree, absolutely. Um, oh, so go on. But, uh, but but this thing with the rumble, like I said, I I hate people declaring, and then you say you have to earn it, but then you go over to SmackDown and they're declaring again. Why don't we just stop that all of that and bring back the the Royal Rumble? You know. Like random random entry thing, like like either, either you can you can do one of two things. And hold on, and then I'll let you yeah. go. Uh, you can do one of two things. You can either have the you know the random entry with the with the balls that you pick out of the, out of the, out of the rolling cage thing. I don't yep. know what that's called. The the, um, the lottery machine. Yeah. E- yes. Or or, and this would make even more sense, you can actually have matches with Royal Rumble entry numbers on the line, and those that those that lose enter a pool to get the lower numbers. I like the second option a lot more. Yeah. That one you just brought up, I like that. You know, it's it's not. <laughs> It's not that hard to be creative, people. You know, it, it, it's really not. But yet you con- continuously insist on insulting my intelligence. 
And you know, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, this this always ends up happening. You know, I I, I start out I start out Monday Night Raw with the best of intentions. You know, I have my refreshments. I have my Mountain Dew because God God knows I need caffeine to stay awake during this fucking thing. Um, but um, so I bring out all my refreshments, and I swear. By the time we're half an hour into this son of a bitch, I'm I'm falling asleep in my in my wheelchair because I I have it reclined back. It's like a recliner, so I'm 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 sitting here like this. Elio can see me on on the screen. Unfortunately, this is not a visual podcast, but I'm just sitting there like. Okay, I gotta I gotta ask. Now at night, do you, do you sometimes just sleep in there? In that in the chair? Uh, no, because if I, if I slept in if I slept in the chair at night, my back would be on fire. Oh, okay. All right. Now I was just, I was asking. Uh, yeah. No, but I I have fallen asleep in it while watching TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a few hours compared to like eight hours. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, our next match, tag team. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell you a goddamn thing about this match because I was actually doing something interesting and that was looking in my cabinet for a snack. So we will rely on Elio to take you through the um, what I'm sure is a riveting blow by blow. Well, there's really match. nothing much to say except Nia Jackson, Sheena Baszler defeat Mandy Rose and uh, Dana Brooke. And Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are also have also declared themselves into the, in the women's Royal Rumble. Ladies and gentlemen, my clothes are the connection fit. <laughs> Damn. Are you okay? Sure. What the fuck is going on? Do these people do these people even watch the monitors as this show is going on? Uh, it's like, oh, this is what we said ten minutes ago, and we're already going away from that. Can I can I say though? I, I I I do like Tina Brooke or Mandy Rose versus Shayna Baszler singles match. I don't want no freaking tag team matches. Oh my god, I, I don't want to see Tina Brooke in any singles match. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I'm Mandy sure. Rose. Mandy Rose, I'd rather see more than Dana Brooke. No. Well, yeah, well, that's obvious. Okay, that brings us to our main event, which wasn't really a main event, was it? Because uh, apparently, um. Randy Orton uh, was beating Triple H up, and then um, Triple H exited the ring, went under the ring to grab the sledgehammer, and client returns to the ring. However, the sledgehammer is on. There's a fireball on top of the sledgehammer. The lights go off, and Triple H is just staring at the sledgehammer, and from behind Orton, Alexa Bliss appears and throws a fireball on Orton's face. See, and this is stupid now, because, ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't know if you remember this, and, and um, 
No, if you're a younger viewer, you get you definitely won't. But if you're if you're Elio's and I's age or older, you definitely will. And I have to apologize to you for that. But um, this is not 1998. This is not Halloween Havoc. I've 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 had enough fireballs since Hogan messed up with the with the lighting mechanism. Um, but you know, I just I'm sorry. What was that? Um, it was like it was like this flaming paper uh, that he was supposed to light to, you know, get the fireball to go in um, Warrior's face. Did you did, did you see King of the Ring go ninety three? Uh, no. Okay. Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna. That was another example of a fireball. Oh, I, oh, I have seen that clip. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. But uh, but the, the the most famous one I know was uh, the '98 Halloween Havoc. But is the, the point being, I don't need to see that in my wrestling anymore because this is not the Undertaker and Kane. Uh, this is this is not a, a magic show featuring uh, you know David Copperfield or Chris Angel. Um, you know, this is, this is pro wrestling in 2021, Okay. you know, can, can you come up with something more, uh, creative? I mean, look, look, cause it was cool when they did it in, in NXT with, uh, with Keith Lee and, you know, kind of like the bewitching of the contract by, uh, by, uh, yeah, by Scarlet. That that was cool because it fit with um, with uh, Scarlet's character. But you know, it of course leave it to to uh, Raw to bastardize everything and just play everything else to death. And I don't I don't need to see that in in that way. Okay. Um. I didn't mind it. I just want to see where they go with this. Um, but, but yeah, the fireball. That's a 1980 gimmick, 80s gimmick. Yeah. They use that a lot back in the 80s. Well, well, apparently they're they're dipping rather heavily back into that bag. All right, so that is our uh, review from Monday Night Raw. Really terrible show, Ben. Absolutely. Just, <laughs> uh Okay, so why don't we uh, lighten things up and move over to AEW Dynamite. Oh, thank thank you. And at this point in the show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you'll start to notice a uh, increase in my enthusiasm. Uh, If it seemed like I was was off kilter during that uh, Raw review, it's because I just couldn't give two shits. And uh, I have trouble... Pretending like I actually give a shit. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. And unlike my AEW, or uh, unlike Elio's Raw review, which I damn near slept through, uh, you will notice a uh, drastic update. It's not my fault that it was a boring review. It's not me. It's the show product. Oh, I, oh, I, oh, absolutely. Trust me. You're, you're much I tried more, to make it entertaining. 
You're much more riveting than than Vince McMahon and uh, Bruce Pritchard's pen, I can assure you. But uh, but let's move on to something entertaining this week, and that is AEW, and I will take that review. So off we go. Once I uh, minimize you and you stop blocking my screen. Um, so right right off the bat, we start out hot with Eddie Kingston versus Pac. Oh, this was a great match. I really enjoyed it. And I, and I enjoyed the video they did before this. Uh, yes. Um, every, every aspect of this was really good. Um, it, it kind of uh, took me by surprise that um, Eddie took so much, so, so much of an ass whooping. Uh, I was kind of thrown off by that at first, but then I kind of remembered why they did it that way because, um, you know, uh, let me let me get my thoughts straight. I can't um, all tongue tied, but um, so Pack was. Um, was off the air for eight months because he was in quarantine in England. So they had started this feud with with Eddie and the um, Death Triangle before he went off um, into quarantine. And then, of course, Eddie had kind of befriended the the other two members of the Death Triangle, bringing them into his family, and so that's where the uh, that's where the feud picked back up once uh, once Pac showed back up, and kind of kind of accelerated the feud. And it, so, even though this was like the first match between the two of them, in a way, it kind of felt like the like the end of the feud, even though I know it's not because because of the fact that Kingston took such an ass whooping from Pat. And one of one of one of the things that I um, that I really uh, noticed about this uh, match in particular, Eddie can take an ass whooping like no one I've ever seen and still look like a complete badass while doing it. You notice that? Like, yeah, he was getting his ass kicked, but it never felt like, you know, Kingston was out of the fight. Um, you know, and, and I, um, my, my favorite spot in the match was the um was the huge uppercut that um Pack hit right before he went to the um right before he hit the black arrow for the three count. I mean my God. Um and the fact that the the interplay that Eddie has with himself and almost the fact that he has like these dual per- personalities and he's competing within himself. It was it, it's it's a very compelling uh, character that he's built for himself, and I definitely want to see where they go with Eddie Kingston. Um, so uh, definitely, um, 
definitely a showcase for Pack, but also also a very um, a very nice showing by Eddie to uh, to pull off taking the ass in the way he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and then a- and then after after the match, I was a little bit I was a little bit thrown off by this. But why would Lance Archer get involved in this situation? Uh, so, yeah, that that one's a bit confusing. I didn't understand that part. Yeah, so I was a little bit uh, thrown off by that, and this um, is I'm thrown off by what I'm seeing as I'm scrolling down this review. Oh my lord! Um, but. But moving on, uh, for for some reason, uh, for some reason, the website that I'm using has chosen to insert a GIF of Ali flashing an American uh, flag bikini at me while I'm trying to work. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sorry, what site are you using? Uh, four one one mania. Four one one. Can you please uh, refrain from distracting my co-host from doing his job? Uh, thank you very, very much. <laughs> Damn. That was, that was so professional. <laughs> weird. Um, so we go from one ass-kicking match to another one. Uh, but it, un- unlike, uh, unlike Kingston, um, the second match was really just a squash, uh, because... Miro decided to take his job seriously for a week and just come out and absolutely mutilate Chuck Taylor. This is the best that we've seen him. Uh, yeah, this was definitely the best showing of Miro since his AEW debut. And I feel like this is where they should have went with him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I haven't really... Um, been into his partnership with Kip Sapien. I would rather I would rather just see the um, like the brute the brutality of Miro because he is a physical specimen unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, so I I much prefer just the ass kicking version and not the video game playing nerd. That that is Miro, like you know, keep keep that to your to your Twitch stream with your wife. I'm cool with that. I've seen that. That and your your Twitch stream is actually quite entertaining. I'm not I'm not knocking you for that. But when you're on AEW television, mm-hmm. let, let's let's stick in the realm of ass whooping and just leave it at that. Um. Next up was was a low light of the show. To, be, to tell you the truth, I don't understand what you're doing with, with Matt Hardy and Private Party. I really well, don't. This was terrible. This was just. Ugh. Can can somebody can somebody clue me in as to what he's doing? Because I thought Matt Hardy was done with characters. Didn't he say that in, on Twitter? But I believe he did, yeah. because. Uh, he dropped the whole um, broken gimmick and he said he was just, um, 
And then I believe there was some, a point where he was doing all these uh, different variations of uh, Matt Hardy, like yeah, well, well, money mats. He was doing um Matt two point or whatever. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. This backstage segment was still kind of reminding me of Big Money Matt, and I'm just it's it was very it was very odd. It's just a uh, um. I don't know if I wanted to spotlight more on Jeff Hardy over, or more on Matt Hardy, excuse me, than um, than Private Party. Like keep the keep the spotlight on them. Not you know, Matt Hardy should be used to enhance mm-hmm. Private Party, not not the other way around. Private Party should not play second fiddle to to Matt. I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me. Um. And then after that, we get a um, the inner circle out here to discuss their New Year's resolutions. And as a as a sidebar, I hate New Year's resolutions. So I have to tell you, I wasn't planning on paying much attention to this uh, segment because I thought for sure it would suck. But then MJF got on the mic and I started paying attention because MJF is MJF and he's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, you're a fan of MJF. Oh, major league and um, uh, I don't know. maybe maybe it's just me because I've seen him outside of him AEW, so maybe it's just me that's not as big a fan. Well, every everybody has their their thing. No, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying maybe it's just me that because I've seen them outside of AEW and um, the MGF you're seeing now is the same character he played in MLW. Well, if he if he's this good, um, then I have no problem with that. But ladies and gentlemen, I would I would like to uh, I would like to take this opportunity to call my co-host out because. He has just admitted that he can can take or leave uh, MJF, while at the same time he is a fan of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. I love Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Yes, all day, every day, seven days a week, twice what? on Sundays. Well, unless you're ta- unless you're talking about their other attributes, uh, I couldn't disagree any further. Um, so, uh, with with that in mind, I have to question your uh, your sanity. If you prefer Billy Kay, sanity, over- man, I miss that group. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. Good <laughs> Lord. Okay, okay, before we go too far off the rails here. Um, but, um, but MJF says off the top of his head, one of, one of his plans would be to strengthen the bond with his, uh, with his inner circle teammates. But he also said fat people got to go. Although you know what, no, hold on. I just uh, although you know what, this segment that you're talking about, I did enjoy this segment. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and then of course before this, 
Hager just shouted championships. Um, I appreciated that. So Ortiz wants to perfect one of his grandmother's recipes. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, even MJF had a comment about that. Uh, Jericho goes on to say that um, he thinks that him and MJF are going to win the tag team titles. Uh, Santana and, or and um, Sammy are very upset about this. Because don't don't they already have um, a tag team in the inner circle? And I, I really I really appreciated Sammy getting on the mic and pointing this out because he said, um, you know, he called uh, he called um, Jer Jericho a tag team slut uh, <laughs> because. He's tagged with uh, with Sammy. He's tagged with uh, Jake Hager. You know, we already have uh, Proud and Powerful in the inner circle. Why do we need Chris Jericho and MJF going after the titles? Which it was his point that I appreciated. Um, and then, uh, and then. MJF goes on to say, okay, this uh, this segment is really going off the rails. So then he, he literally jumps in the air and moves to the left in an effort to get the show back on track. So I, I found that part to be incredibly hilarious. Uh, Jericho goes on to say that they're all top-level professionals and sexy hooligans. Um, I think social media would disagree with you after a few weeks ago, after you took your shirt off. Mm -hmm. But but that's because social medias are a bunch of uh, assholes, and we're not doing that. I I could I could give two shits what your body looks like as long as you entertain me in the fucking ring. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I have I have no I have no issues with Jer with with Jericho's midsection, so I I applaud his response to the fans and uh, telling them to go fuck themselves. So I appreciated that, and my my fandom of Chris Jericho increased, and I didn't think that was possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for for some reason, uh. Sammy chooses to scream Sammy Hager. No, hold on. You know why, right? Uh, yeah. No, they're they're doing the, that, that yeah, they're doing that tag team match, that triple tag team match. Yeah. But oh my god, I have to stop you here because I laughed when he did that. I'm like, oh. wow. I was, I, I was, I was dying. I was dying. Chris Jericho was laughing at his semis. I'm like, why is that funny? I'm like, oh, oh, if you only knew. You know, and, and it's just like, oh my God. And then, and then that, that, was, that was, that was great. That alone right there. And I don't know why I really enjoyed that segment. Yeah. That line alone combined with, uh, with MJF jumping back on the tracks. That part was awesome. Um, 
Next up, we get um, Dark Order trying to get to get themselves back uh, in the right headspace after um, Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it was very it, it was very nice of them to say that you know everything that they do from here on out um, is for him, and this was this was much less of a uh, you know in character promo by the Dark Order and more just paying tribute to their friend, which I really appreciated. Okay. Um, uh, and then uh, after um, after Taz gives us a history lesson between Darby and Cage, out comes uh, Omega Callus and uh, Omega wants to bring out the rest of um the elite and the world tag team champions, um, and, and they show um, they show the young box in the back, seemingly getting ready to come out after he says our tag team champions, and then here come the Good Brothers, who are the uh, the Impact tag team champions, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Matt and Nick looked a little salty behind the monitor there, so I, I found that to be hilarious as well. Um, so, uh, and then and then as this promo continues, the young bucks are just watching backstage with Tony Khan, and the the, the three of them are so pissed off. It was kind of hilarious. Um. Next up was just a uh, like a six-man squash match uh, between uh, Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows versus the Varsity Blondes and Danny Limelight. I have a I have, question for you. Yeah. What do you think of Danny Limelight? I really liked him in this match. I um. You know, I wasn't sold on him before, but I think that's just because I hadn't seen enough of him. But from what I saw in this match, I I, I really um, I really enjoyed what I uh, what I saw from him uh, right here more than in the past. So yes, well done, Danny. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. He, so uh, you know, if he gets more opportunities to shine like that. Uh, even in the loss, I'll be very happy for him because I thought he did a tremendous job. Um, and then, uh, of of course, of course, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega get the easy victory, and then out comes uh, John Moxley, who just doesn't give a fuck about anything, and just jumps in the middle of a three-on-one attack. Uh, here come the Young Bucks to help them out, but then again, here comes Penta and Ray. What are, what are they doing here? Uh, the announced team seems really confused by this, and they super kick the Young Bucks. Um, and it just turns into a melee, and Callus and company escape to the back like a bunch of like a bunch of bitches. See what I did there? Oh, 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 you just called your friend a bitch. Oh. And, and, uh, you and you Gallows are going to have to have a talk after this. 
Well, I I will I will I will contact him on Facebook and apologize to him in private. Uh, very good. <laughs> so then, you know, I have to be honest with you, I I really haven't been a fan of Britt Baker. Um, but but this uh this um. New, new segment she's got um, mm-hmm. is is hilarious. I didn't mind it, but I don't. I don't know why Cody has to be the first guest. Yeah, I mean, what what it what it turned into, I didn't like because you know it just turned into an all-out brawl between Red Velvet, who was taking up for Brandy Rhodes and Jade Cargill. Um. Yeah, like who, um, who came in and got in Cody's face? And For, how, 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 how dumb did Rebel look? Oh, uh, I mean, is she like Brits making a joke and Rebel's in there with that goofy laugh? Well, I mean, the whole the whole thing just looks stupid. But I think I just. I don't think it's a good look for, uh, you know, Jade Cargill to want to beat up a pregnant woman. Uh, I, I just, I don't, th- I don't think that that's good. Um, and um, I really, uh, I really don't like uh, Cody's involvement in this. It's just weird. Yep, I agree. I, I I thought I thought and as you said I thought Cody was a very odd first guest yep. for for this show. And, you um, don't you don't watch Dark, do you? No. Okay, because uh, they have they've already done the waiting room on Dark. That's uh, where she started doing this. This is their very first uh, dynamite episode of the waiting room. Yeah. So then after this brawl. Um, we uh, we get a uh, random uh, Thunder Rosa video package, which confirms a match. Well, no, that was um, part. Of, that was part of the segment. But yeah, yeah, I understand. Go on. Well, not in, like later. I figured that out, but at first I thought that she was interrupting the segment with a video package. Yeah, it was really odd the placement there. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is why I put it like that because yeah. okay, um, you know, I I just this whole uh the whole transition to the promo, which I guess that's what it was a transition didn't look like one or at least a very poorly executed one, uh, which is why I was confused. But yeah, apparently they're gonna have a match at the next. A uh, TV special in February called Beach Break. Beach Break. Whoa! Come on. Um. So so that has to be a low light. Um. That because that whole segment was a disaster. Yeah, it was. Uh, Jurassic Express versus FTR. As much as it pains me to associate FTR with a low light, I I can. I, d- I don't get it with Marco Stunt. I really don't. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, my, my, no, we, we, we said that on, on the other show, we said the same thing. Marco Stunt just. Uh, 
My, my nine-year-old nephew is bigger than he is, and my nine-year-old nephew could absolutely kick his ass. Yeah, and like, what's he doing slapping uh, Dag's hardwood around? Well, more to the point, what is Dax Harwood doing giving up any offense to Margot's son? <laughs> right? It, it makes Dax look like a complete moron. And, and trust me, Dax and... Um, Dax and... Con- I'm, I'm sorry? Dax and Miller? Uh, yeah, I, w- I was going to say Dax and company, but... Um, yeah, but Dax and uh, Wheeler have no business looking like chumps when uh, Marco Stunt is in the ring. But obviously, um, obviously, FTR gets the win. But it, it's just, it's just anything with Stunt, I don't, I don't get. Um. But on on the positive on the positive thing, I, I have to say this is a, this is a highlight because I I give the women's division a lot of crap when we talk about AEW and just justifiably so in my opinion. But I have to say I was very impressed with the match between uh, Serena Deeb and Tay Conti. Oh, yeah. um, what you like that one? Yeah, I yeah. I thought I thought, this, I thought this, this was a much better offering for the women's division. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was, you know, uh, obviously I thought you know Serena was going to carry it because she's the veteran, but I I really I really felt like Tay Conti did a really good job of uh, stepping up to uh, her her level, but. Uh, you know, I'm, sir, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Going back to uh, the Jurassic Express, did you notice Jungle Boy's music? Yeah, they changed it. Yeah. And they, now, uh, yeah. Do you recognize the song? N- no, I didn't. But apparently, uh, Tony Khan brought the rights to it. He's been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, called Tarzan Boy. Well, I guess that fits the Tarzan gimmick. <laughs> but, but, you know, but thank God for Serena Deeb in, in this mm-hmm. uh, in this women's division. Um, but, yeah, this was a much better offering, so I have to give credit where it's due. Um, and speaking of credit where it's due, can we talk about what an ass whooping Darby Allen can take? <laughs> I mean, the last time I remember being that uncomfortable outside of outside of when uh, Brian Cage threw Darby Allen out of the ring in a body bag, which led to this match. Um, but the last time I I watched TV and was this uncomfortable uh, was when uh, Dominic Mysterio was taking the ass whooping from Seth Rollins and. Uh, and um, Murphy with the kendo sticks. <laughs> but I mean, this is just, this was just an absolute uh, murder uh, disguised as a wrestling match. Now, did, what did you think of this match, though? Um, 
I like I like the story, but I want to see more of a wrestling match because I think I think if they do these kind of matches too much with Darby, he's gonna get pigeonholed as a crash dummy. Be good because I find it strange. Like he he he's getting he's getting like destroyed out there, yet he ends up winning the match. Yeah, and. and- well, I wasn't actually surprised he won the match. No, I know. I'm saying that he's weird. Like, that, like, oh, yeah. Cage destroyed him. But yeah, he still wins the match, which I think he should have gotten more in. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think, I think Darby is capable of doing more from a wrestling perspective. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think that uh, they need to focus more on that. But, um, one of the things is really getting to me, and it kind of feeds into your point. Because um, Darby Allen only won the match because Sting interfered, and you know, I know, um, I know Sting just showed up as Winter's Coming uh, back in early December. It was December second, I believe. Um, but at this point. Um, I would ask AEW to give me more of an explanation as to why uh, Sting is involved with Darby Allen, and and please tell me it involves more than the face paint similarities. <laughs> like, you know, we haven't heard um, we haven't heard Sting say a word since he asked Tony Schiavone to uh, to uh, give us a throwback to his call. You know, it's just kind of like weird. Yep. Um, but you know, this was this was a solid show. I I wouldn't um I wouldn't I wouldn't rate this uh main event as highly as this website did. They gave it three stars. I would have given it two. Um and I think I think they were a little bit too generous with giving it a 7.5 out of 10. Wow. Uh, that's extremely generous. Is that, the whole, is that the whole show? Yes. Ooh, wow. 7 out of 10. Wow. 7.5. 7. Yeah, 7.5. Wow. That's uh, high. No, I would, I would have given it a, a 6. Yeah. To tell you the truth. Yep. In, um, in letters, for me, that's a C. Uh, yeah. Well, and for me, it's a D. Because American, Canadian. There you go. Um, but, uh... <laughs> Alright. We, we have different measuring systems, people. Um, and by, and by the way, uh, prices are always higher in Canada. They're not always higher in the U.S. No, they're not. No, no, no. Actually, they're not. What the hell? That's terrible. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Uh, you know why? It's good. See, that's a good thing. Okay, never mind. We're going we're, we're gonna to take a break. We'll be back shortly with our review of NXT. Cool. And we are back. And we're not going to get into our review of NXT. Our opening match, we have Kins LeRae defeating Shotzi Blackheart. I'm upset by this. Yeah, I am too. I think Shotzi should have won. Shotzi's really growing on me. Then Finn Balor comes. I agree. 
Then Finn Balor comes out for an interview, and I did not like this, especially when he said Kyle O'Reilly is not on his level. No, see, I I have a very significant problem with that because Kyle Kyle O'Reilly has proven time and time again that he is on his level. I'm both in the ring with Finn Balor and otherwise. He 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 has proven that he is on. No, I, I'm not liking Finn Balor. Yeah, this uh, this Prince gimmick is. Yeah. I'm not sold on it yet. No. It's just like his whole attitude, his whole character, I just, I don't know. Like, he, he was, when he first uh, came up to the main roster, okay, that was okay, that was cool. But, like, since he moved back to NXT, it's like, no. Well, but but having said that, I was a fan when he, he came back to NXT. I have no problem that Finn is in NXT, it's just... No, no, I mean the character, like, that they, that he started doing uh, when he made his return to NXT. Right, that, that, that makes sense, yeah, I got Then, uh, now we've started the Dusty Classic. Let me ask you, what do you think of the Dusty Classic tag team? The Dusty Rose tag team classic. Um, I, I, I really like, I really liked it in the past, um, because I did not see the show this week, I have not had a chance to, uh, see the bracket for this year. Well, you know what? Why don't we pull those brackets up and take a look at the teams? Cool. So let me just pull Dusty Classic. Hey, here we go. Dusty Rhodes typing classic. Let's go. Okay, where are we? 2021. Here are the brackets, okay? Cool. So, and um, a few of these have already, well, at least one has taken place on 205. So, here we go. In the first round, we have Brizango versus the Undisputed Era. Oh, God. We know it's going to happen there. Undisputed air. Now, this guy, I just don't understand this guy. Ashanti the Adonis. I don't get this uh, wrestling. Uh, no, I don't. No, so I don't Ash- get it either. So, Ashanti the Adonis and Desmond Troy versus Aria Davari and Tony Nese. Uh, Between... Oh, my God. That's a terrible matchup. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Hold on. Then we have Kushida and Leon Ruff versus The Way trying to go again on Austin Theory. See, no, see, I don't like that because now, now they're just making up tag teams to fill out space. Then we have Ever Rise versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Grizzled Young Veterans better win or this entire thing or I'm, I'm going to be somewhat pissed. Okay, MSK versus Jake Atlas and ICS Swerve Scott. Okay, so I'm glad I'm glad we're on that one now because MSK, um, you know, I, I didn't see the match, but I saw the stuff after the fact. Um, I'm very I'm very excited for them, and uh, the real emotion that they showed, uh, you know, after the fact, I 
the WWE PC YouTube channel did an interview uh, with them after their uh, showing. And, um, you know, you really get to know them a little bit. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm really rooting for them on top of the fact that I've been a, been a fan of theirs for a while. They're one of the tag teams that I've actually kept an eye on in Impact. And I don't, I don't watch Impact, mm-hmm. um, but I have, uh, I have gone out of my way to uh, watch several of their matches on the show. Um, so I'm very excited um, to, uh, to see what they can do. And my prediction right off the bat as to what this tournament should end up being would, would be MSK versus Grizzled, Grizzled Young Veterans. And um, while I would give the, I would give the nod ultimately to Grizzled Young Veterans because I think it's their time. But um, I think I think having a showing and making it all, all the way to the finals would almost do more good for uh, MSK. Okay. Our next bracket is August Gray and Kurt Stalling versus Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. No, see, that just pisses me off because they're... It's two ways on 205. But, I mean, they're making up tag teams. If you don't have enough tag teams, whose problem is that? And don't have a Dusty Rhodes tag team classic if you don't have tag teams. And then our, our two final brackets, Lucha House Party versus Imperium. Oh, please. Why would you even make that match? What and, the fuck are they doing? And the Bollywood Boys versus Legado del Fantasma. Oh, my God. What the... F- okay. The, the, okay. See, now I'm pissed off. And now, now I might have to go on a rant. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. What, that is the worst Dusty Rhodes classic lineup I, I've ever right now, seen. Do you want to do it right now, or do you want me to go through the quarterfinals? Oh, there's more? Yes, sir. Oh, fuck. It's just the quarterfinals uh, for coming out of the first just, round. Just go. Just go. Uh, so in the quarterfinals, we have the Undisputed Era versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Okay. When is that airing? Um, I know. I'm just guessing that that happens um, on a few trips of NXT. I'm not sure because next week the Women's Dusty Classic is uh, starting. Okay. And then we have MSK versus Legado del Fun. No, sorry, hold on. MSK versus uh, Drake Maverick and Killing Dane. Why would you put? Oh my God! Why would you put a well-established tag team in the ring with Drake fucking Maverick? Oh. Okay, that's confusing right here because um, I guess the team of Adonis, Troy, Davari, and Nice are all, are all out. I guess. Um, well, of course they're out. I mean, okay. I mean. I mean, I didn't see that, but I mean, good lord. 
And then um, the winner of Lucha House Party Imperium faces Legado del Fantasma, who defeated the Bollywood uh, Boys. Okay, so it's gonna it's gonna be Imperium who win all of that. Now, from um, what I just told you, next weekend uh, starts the women's uh, Dusty Classic. Here are the teams for that. Oh boy, am I gonna be pissed off? You have the way Candice Lorraine and Indy Hartwell. Okay. You have one moment. Yeah. Okay. You have Kaden Carter and Casey Kedenzaro. Shasi Blackheart and Ember Moon. And Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. That's not enough to have a tournament. No, hold on. That is one, two, that's four teams. What? what? How, how can you have a tournament with four teams? <laughs> oh, my God. You're, you're, and you're putting that up against the men's? Are you kidding me? Like, okay, the idea of having a women's Dusty Cup is an awesome idea, but if that's your execution, please don't do it. I mean, I thought there were more women on this roster. I was pretty sure there were more women on the roster myself. You know what I would have done? I would have taken some of the ones from the main roster, bring them back to NXT for this. Eh, well, you could do that, but then, you know, you could also bring some over from NXT UK. I think that would have made more sense. Oh, 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 oh. Cause I, just, I, just, I, just thought, I just thought of something. Um, even though they're kind of opponents, Jenny and um, Kaylee Ray, but Rhea, why is Rhea Ripley not in this? Unless uh, she's yet to, be, yet to be confirmed. No, these are these the, are the confirmed teams so far. So the, I... The reason why Rhea Ripley is not in it is because apparently she's been confirmed for a main roster call-up. That's why. But why, why would you call her up before a women's Dusty Cup? The first one, for fuck's sake. Oh, my. This Dusty Rose classic is going to be bad. But um, so back, back to uh, this... Um, this um, NXT. So, this is the first match for the Dusty Classic. It's grizzled young, grizzled young veterans defeating Everrise. Sound it out. <laughs> defeating Everrise. Well, the, thank God for small miracles. I not still really. don't like Everrise. I just don't know. There's something I, about no, that. No, I, no, I don't either. Then we had Johnny Gargano defeating Dexter Loomis. Oh. I mean, I get it. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna bitch about Johnny Gargano. No. Hold on. Just... Now you didn't see this NXT, you said? No. Okay. So they had a segment that was recorded earlier. Wade Bear was the moderator between a face-to-face involving Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher, um, 
talking about their match coming up next week. Uh-huh. Then we had what I thought was an excellent match. I really enjoyed this. MSK defeating Isaias, God, and Jake Atlas. Yeah, I, I wanna I wanna go back and take a look at that one in particular. Now Zaya Lee defeating Valentina Feroz. Yeah, I I, I really like this new Zaya Lee gimmick. But uh, this is the same one that she beat up last week and again this week. I'm not sure why. And then the main event was Undisputed Era defeating Breezango. Well, no shit. So, uh, just an okay NXT wasn't the greatest term. Yeah, the only thing I'm compelled to go back and look at is MSK. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm confused. Why are they called MSK? I'm not sure. I'd have to go look that up. Yeah, but I'm going to have to look that up. I'm going to have to look that up because it's interesting. I find it interesting when a team gives themselves a name, but neither uh, member is has uh, anything like a name like having to do with their team name. Yeah. Like, if, if that made any sense. No, it, it made perfect sense. I And to answer your question, I don't know. All right, so that's our NXT review. We're now going to go move over to SmackDown. Ben... What do you got for us? All right. So I, I'm not going to take the long route with this one um, because there were only a few things that you needed to know um, about this one. So the, per, the pervasive theme throughout the show was, um, was Roman Reigns and uh, Paul Heyman playing games with Adam Pierce, trying to get him to sign uh, the contract for uh, their upcoming face-off at the Royal Rumble, and, and we'll get into that uh, more in just a minute. Um, one of my uh, favorite parts was um, was the fact that. Roman had Apollo Crews in the back with him, uh, which provided nice continuity from uh, Paul Heyman's uh, Talking Smack segment with Apollo Crews uh, last week, which if you haven't seen that segment, that was fucking awesome. So I really appreciated the show of continuity uh, from that. So that, that was really cool. And then um, a- after that, we go to the ring where Jay Uso has a mic. Um, we're supposed to believe that he is a main event guy now, even though he's only won like two matches <laughs> since aligning himself with his cousin, but nonetheless. Um, he says everybody should thank Roman Reigns for for every bit of success and relevance that they have on SmackDown because he is the show. Uh, He declares himself for the Royal Rumble and plans on winning. So in other words, what Jay just said is that he wants a rematch with his cousin to get his ass kicked again. No, no, no. He doesn't want that. He's going to win the Rumble, go to Raw, challenge that champion. 
Yeah, I, well, I know, but eventually that that. But he also claimed that Roman Reigns was coming for both shows. So yeah. eventually, by by his logic, yeah, they I would, face, yeah. I they would face off I, I, again. I, I, so, so uh, I don't think Jay wants that. No, uh, they, you know they got to think ahead with this shit. Um, and then uh, out comes Nakamura to cut uh, Jay off. I've never been more thankful to see Nakamura in quite a while. He says that if Roman is the big dog, he makes Jay just a little puppy. At least he didn't say bitch. Thank God. Yep. And we get a, we get a kick that drops drops Jay as we go to commercial before we we set up Jay Uso versus Shinsuke. Okay. Um, this was uh, this was a, a relatively quick match, and Shinsuke got the win and celebrated with Cesaro afterwards. I'm not sure what the deal is with the sudden singles push for uh, for Shinsuke. I'm very confused by that, and knowing WWE, I'm not optimistic because um, there there has to be a motive there. They're not just going to pick up and push somebody after three years of doing nothing with them. I don't care about the women's match at all. I don't care about uh, Rey Mysterio versus King Corbin. We get a new talk show segment with... Hold on, uh, ben. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Actually, no, that, that was very good considering. It was, it was Ding Dong Hello, hosted by Bailey. Ding Dong Hello Show. What'd you think? Good. Well, well, the, the, the name of the show was fucking terrible. Um, but having said that, uh, I find I find Bailey and Bianca Belair to be tremendous. Okay, so, well, but but this one was that was the best one, the best though. I mean, the the segment uh, could could be something, but I this one. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I mean, the segment was stupid, but it's hard to complain when Bailey and 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 uh, yeah. Bianca are in the ring together. So. I, I, thought, I thought it was I thought it was funny when uh when uh Bianca rang the doorbell. Bailey's like, I wonder who that is. And Bianca, you see Bianca from behind the door. Bailey knows me. <laughs> yeah, and, and meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, under her breath, before this happens, uh, she goes, "Ring the doorbell, Bianca." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> So then, then somebody answered my professional wrestling prayers because next up after that, we get Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, this match. More of this, please. Where can I get more of this and less bullshit with, with segments such as Ding Dong Hello? Good God. How about Ding Dong Hello? Give me more of this on a professional wrestling show. <laughs> Good God. Um, th- I can't even describe this match to you because it went 20 minutes and they're going to deliver every single time. 
This is this was wonderful. Then right uh, right after this, so we go from the highs of the highs, like Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. Oh my God! It's it's. Didn't I mention professional wrestling wet dream earlier? Oh my God, this uh, this qualifies. But then then I have a very rude awakening because we're back with Carmella and her sommelier being interviewed by Kate Lessing. Thank God Sasha Banks interrupts and wants to kick the sommelier's ass. So then after, after this, I, I'm starting to get increasingly pissed off with the quality of SmackDown again because it's Apollo Crews versus Sami Zayn. And Wait, like I, this. Oh, the, the match absolutely sucked. And we lose right. And considering the talent involved, this was an absolute robbery. Because, like, Apollo Crews versus Sami Zayn should be an awesome match, but they weren't given a damn thing. So, you know what? You know what? I think, I think, um, I think Apollo is going to turn next week. Well, I, I would hope so, definitely. Because I, I, def- I definitely like his alignment with Roman Reigns. Like I said, mm-hmm. um, like I said, that was that was really well done. That whole thing. Um, but then we move on to the main event segment, which I thought was good, but it was very obvious what was going to happen because nobody actually believed that Adam Pierce was going to go one on one with Roman Reigns. Nobody believed that. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. If they were going to replace Adam Pierce, what was the point of doing that whole gauntlet match and having him win? Be- because because it was it was um, Roman Reigns' way of being a prick uh, to seemingly set set it up to get his way. Because ultimately, underneath all of this, Roman Reigns is a coward. He's playing the cowardly heel. Um, so, like I said, it was his way to, to try to get the one-up on Adam Pierce, But then Pierce got the, got the one-up on him by faking an injury to his knee and saying, you know, and exploiting that card subject to change line, um, which apparently he said was standard in every WWE contract. Um, so... I thought that was well played, um, but overall, um, overall, I wasn't impressed because everybody could see from a mile away that we were going to get uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens again, which, which by itself, I'm not complaining about. Um, but it's just you definitely took the long way in terms of getting there, for sure. So. Um, not the best SmackDown. I, I would give it a five, but, but I did um, thoroughly enjoy the overall um, theme of the show, which anytime you put the spotlight on Roman Reigns, I'm going to pay attention. And then, of course, the absolute one and only highlight of the show outside of those promos was uh, Daniel was Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, which I thought was awesome. All right, so that uh, that takes care of our SmackDown review. Ben, the, the, while you were doing that, I was firing up the DeLorean because we are going to go back to 
Sunday, January 16, 2000. For our review of WCW Sold Out. And ladies and gentlemen, um, this might be the worst professional wrestling pay-per-view I personally have ever seen. Actually, not really. 97 was even worse. <laughs> Jesus. Well. You never saw, have you ever seen 97? No, but I know what, I know. What, <laughs> don't, 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 don't. <laughs> I, I know what, I know what the theme was, though, because I saw it on the NWO DVD. Uh, it was bad. Oh, I can't believe it. it's available I, on YouTube. I wonder why it's available on YouTube because it was I, that bad. But I can't imagine it being worse than what I saw with this. I mean, okay, well, well let's get into this. Uh, but, then, but before we do, do you honestly think 97 was worse than 2000? I <sighs> hope. You know what, actually, um, they were both bad, but uh, yeah, 97 was really bad. Oh, 97 was just terrible. <laughs> if, <laughs> wow. if, trust me, do you want to go and watch it? Do you want to go back and watch it? Uh, well, now you have my curiosity, Pete. Trust, trust, trust me. It, it, it's NWO's first year, first year in WCW, but if, if I pay for you. What a way to spend a Saturday night. No, but like even even Kevin Nash said that wasn't a good idea. Like like I said, I've never seen the pay-per-view, but like I have the the NWO DVD and even Kevin Nash was like, no, that wasn't watch well go watch Sold Out 97 just to compare it to this one. And so then next week I want you to tell me which one was worse. Okay. Okay, that's your homework for next this week. Well, and I got to watch Royal Rumble 2000 because that's what the one we're doing uh, next week. Yes. All right. So let's get into this atrocious pay-per-view. Oh, my God. Uh, boy. So we started this. Uh, first of all, NWO sold out January 16, 2000 from Cincinnati, Ohio at the first Star Center, 14,000 in attendance. Oh. And our oh. first match is a catch as catch can match with Billy Kidman defeating Dean Malenko. Okay, well that in and of itself is blasphemous, but um, it should be it should be mentioned that the reason why uh, Billy Kidman had three matches I'm not sure why they chose Billy Kidman, but it was because both Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett missed this show um uh bret hart missed it because of uh goldberg's kick that ultimately ended bret's career due to post-concussion syndrome okay and then jeff jarrett had also gotten a concussion courtesy of a massive flying headbutt off the top of a cage from he who from he who must not be named Okay. Um, so uh, the, orig- the, the original main event was supposed to be um, was supposed to be Bret Hart versus uh, I believe uh, Psycho Sid for the uh, for the championship, but obviously mm-hmm. it didn't go down that way. Okay. 
All right, so next we have a handicap match. Vampiro defeating the combination of David Flair and Crowbar, who were accompanied by Daphne. Oh, this was this was terrible. David Flair clearly did not inherit any of his father's talent. <laughs> this was this was this was just awful, 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 awful. Next, we had a tag team match. Big Vito and Johnny the Bull def- with Disco Inferno defeating the Harris Brothers, Ron and Don. Well, kill me now because what is, what is, what is, uh, what is happening where the DOA would lose this match? Right? What? To, what? To, to the, to the, I think, what, what they called the Mama Lukes? Yes. What? Well, what the, but, but more than more than that, and trust me, DOA, aka the Harris brothers, um, losing is bad enough. But when you put Disco Inferno with the Mamelukes, what the fuck was that? Who thought of that idea? And where? And who do I have to kill? The next match was absolutely atrocious for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Oh my oh, god! god defeating Medusa. First Are of you all, kidding me? First of all, fuck Oklahoma. Not the state, but the professional wrestler. No, yeah, no. This guy, this guy was just bad, and this gimmick was terrible. Well, to, and to, but to make fun of somebody's bell palsy, I got I got news for you. Fuck you. Yeah. Does that make Does that make my opinion clear enough? Then we had for the WCW Hardcore Championship a fatal four way: Brian Knobs defeating Fifth Family, Norman Smiley, and Ming. Oh, this was the most boring. <laughs> Irrelevant and stupid match in the history of any hardcore title, and that is saying something. Oh my god, because let me tell you something the hardcore title was the 24 7 the 24 7 championship before there was a 24 7 championship. I was never a fan of the hardcore title, however. This took stupidity and and the concept of intelligence to an entirely new low. Okay. Oh my god. Then we had a bunkhouse brawl. Billy Kidman defeating Perry Saturn. Oh my god. How? Look. Look. I'm a fan of Billy Kidman, always was, but it was tremendously criminally underrated. He should have, he should have been so much bigger than what he was. Um, but uh, this was Perry Saturn was a killer. I don't what what is this? I don't know what they were trying to do. Right. Following that, we had Booker T. I, I mean, I, sorry. Sorry, just real quick. I wish I could do a better job, you know, put it, 
putting these matches, you know, and like analyzing them. But yeah, I really well, can't analyze well, can't, this. The matches don't make sense. But there's just, there is no, uh, there is not one sensical element that I can pull out of this show so far. So our next is Booker T accompanied by Midnight defeating Stevie Ray by disqualification. Okay, first of all, uh, you know, growing up, Harlem Heat was my favorite tag team. And to this day, I have a tremendous soft spot for Harlem Heat. Uh... I was not aware that Stevie Ray was this bad in the rain. Holy fuck. <laughs> clearly, clearly Booker T is the star of that uh, tandem. However, how is it possible to be a part of an absolutely legendary tag team like that? And be that bad at wrestling. I I don't know if I've ever, if I've ever seen anything like that in my life. Uh, for more reasons than one, and the the other reason, the other big reason, we'll get into in just a minute. See what I did there. Um, but um, wow, Stevie Ray is terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, did, did I, I don't remember him being this terrible when he was in Harlem Heat. Nope. Did I miss no, something? No, he was No, uh, in 2000, he was like, he was terrible. Now, next, next match has to be the, one of the worst wrestlers in WCW. Tank Abbott defeating Jerry Flynn these two, oh, okay. He, okay, <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, say what you want about Take Abbott, but the truth is, he was a UFC fighter. Uh, and this man missed, missed, completely whiffed on two knockout punches. And and Jerry Flynn had to act like he was knocked out. It's... And the only punch that the only punch that hit out of three punches from Take Abbott was a light little love tap on the back of the head after Jerry Flynn was supposedly knocked out. This was oh my god, this was the first. Oh, oh, they gave this match one minute thirty-nine seconds. Oh, wow. What a barn burner. Can I get my money back? <laughs> then next, we have a last man standing match. Buff Bagwell defeats Diamond Dallas Page. Okay. All right. And right here, right here, I'm just going to lose my shit. Oh. Okay. And I trust me, there's plenty of ammunition through this entire two hour and 42 minute experience for me to lose my shit. I was, I was absolutely bamboozled and aghast at what I was watching for two hours and forty-two minutes 
and 29 seconds, actually 39 seconds. I, I kept, I kept count of this. And I, I, I did all this for the sake of entertaining you people and going on this rant. So allow me to go on this rant with this match in particular. Buff Bagwell versus Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, let's skip right to the ending, shall we? Because it was the dumbest fucking ending to a last man standing match I think it, I think that has ever existed. So, DDP hits the diamond cutter on Buff Bagwell. First and foremost, let, let's back up a little bit because I need to set the stage. The, the entire purpose of this match, the entire reasoning behind it is DDP thinks Buff is, is having sex with his, his, his then-wife, Kimberly. So that's what set this up. I don't know who would want to have sex with Buff Bagwell after all those steroids. I would have thought he would be experiencing a little bit too much shrinkage. Uh, to enjoy some adult entertainment. <laughs> but none, nonetheless, I digress. So, so at the end of this match, uh, DDP hits the diamond cutter on, on Buff Bagwell. And yet, the Buff Bagwell gets up from the diamond cutter before Diamond Dallas Page and thus wins the match despite suffering a finisher as devastating as the diamond cutter was supposed to be. What the fuck is going on? So what was Diamond Dallas Page still on his feet at that point? No. No, because he he collapsed after delivering the di- after delivering the diamond cutter, and, and Buff Bagwell got up first. So that DDP, doesn't make sense. You you would think the diamond dead up Buff Bagwell was a knockout after the diamond cutter. Uh, well, uh, he was supposed to be. Even even the even the reviewers said this is exactly what the reviewers said. And once again, I'm using four one one mania, but in this in this account in this in this instance, I one hundred percent agree. Uh, so he says so. Buff wins by taking a diamond cutter, dumbest ending to a last man standing match ever. And it should be noted that before this. Uh, DDP hit another hit. Hit. Uh, did, did he hit a fur? Hold on. Hang on. Let's see. No. He, he. So before this, Buff hit a blockbuster, but DDP got up. But then, right before he hit the diamond cutter, DDP was taking an ass whooping with a, a riot baton. I mean, the whole the whole thing was just so convoluted and stupid. But I mean, I, who who wins a, a last man standing match after taking a diamond cutter? Help me understand, Elio, because at this point, I wanted to put my fist through my computer screen. 
I mean, who bu- who books this shit? Was it Eric Bischoff or was somebody else running creative? Maybe, maybe it was Vince Russo. Well, well, this this reeks of Vince Russo to a T. Okay, next oh we God. have next we have a cage heat match with the wall accompanied by Shane Douglas defeating Billy Kidman. Basically, this was just a steel cage match. It's so stupid, and I, I, I'm, I'm doing this on purpose. I'm not sounding like an idiot just to sound like an idiot. I said but, but, but on purpose because this was WCW's answer to Hell in a Cell. Okay, number, number one, it was a piece of shit answer to Hell in a Cell because you can't, you can't. You can't kill Hell in a Cell unless your name is Seth Rollins and and the Fiend. Yeah. But uh, but that's another story, and I've, I've gone on many rants regarding that in the past. I don't want to go there again. But I have to go on a rant regarding this cage heat match because the cage did not come into play but one time. Oh, wow. What in, what in the fuck is going on? There was no point to having a cage, none. <laughs> then we had a, a hardcore match with the position of WCW Commissioner at stake, <sighs> Kevin Nash defeating Terry Funk. Okay, for, first of all, whoever decided to put Kevin Nash in a creative dis- position. I'm sorry. I I have I have friends who work in the business that say Kevin Nash is one of the nicest guys ever. That notwithstanding, what the fuck is this match? And I'm I'm not saying Kevin Nash was in charge of this, but that was just me uh, lamenting the fact that Kevin Nash was ever in a creative position. But. Uh, the same could be said for Hulk Hogan and a whole bunch of WCW wrestlers, so I'm not calling Kevin Nash out particularly. But as it, as it relates to this match uh, by itself, uh, we basically saw Kevin Nash murder a 54-year-old man. What is this? And throughout this entire situation, uh the announced team is putting over the fact how this is a battle for the future between Kevin Nash and a 54-year-old Terry Funk. Are you catching a theme? Two 54 years old and it's a battle for the future? What's it a battle what's it a battle for? Control of the nursing home? I mean, good God, man. What the fuck am I looking at here? And then, and in the main event for the WCW Championship, Arn Anderson, as special guest referee, we had he who shall not be named defeating Sid Vicious. Oh, oh yes. Um, sorry, I, I might have I might have misnamed the main event uh, earlier on, but yes, it was it was Chris Benoit versus Sid Vicious, and I um. And I, I, knew, I knew that this was the main event because I messaged you about it after I finished watching it. Because this match was completely irrelevant no matter what would have happened in it because 
Chris Benoit was stripped of the title the next uh, the next night on uh, Nitro. Yep. So that's the first stupid part of this. The second stupid part of this is that they spent 15 minutes in this match and they built up Sid as being this never give up kind of kind of person. But even though he tapped out to the Cripwork Ross face immediately, despite the fact that his foot was under the rope, which would have broken out the hole to begin with, uh, every single thing about this match was an absolute clusterfuck. What was the point of this entire pay-per-view? I have what, no idea. What What was it? The, was it was it to bore me to death because it succeeded? Uh, was it to kill my faith in professional wrestling because it succeeded? Uh, was it to remind me that WCW sucked because it succeeded? Uh, was it to remind me that uh, I I should be embarrassed that things like this exist in professional wrestling because it succeeded? And did it did it succeed in embarrassing me and being a professional wrestling fan? Yes, it did. So, I guess I guess this pay per view did accomplish a number of things. But good God, it sucked. Good God. All right. So that is our review. <laughs> WCW sold out two thousand. Then next week, Royal Rumble weekend, and we have. We've, uh, I was, I wired the, I wired the circuits in the DeLorean and we are going back to January 23rd, 2000 for Royal Rumble 2000. Absolutely. From, from bad to one of the best. So thank God. Thank the Lord. What are you rewinding the engine? What an atrocious uh, theme for a pay per view. What was that? What, 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 what was what? Did you hear that music? Yeah. That, that was the theme for the Royal Rumble 2000. That was terrible. That was atrocious. What were they thinking? Absolutely. But, um, so that will be our review for next week. Um, before we head out, Ben, I have a bit of trivia for you. Okay. But actually, first, do you have anything else before? No, we're good, we're good man. All right. So uh, I was uh, looking at my uh, wrestling at the wrestling album earlier. Now, I showed you this off air. I bought this when it was first released in 1985. I was 11 years old. I still have it. God, you are old. I, I, uh, I wasn't even a thought in 1985. You're, you're 11. Okay. Now, let's take a look at this uh, cassette. So, side one has The Land of a Thousand Dances by the Wrestlers, basically being the roster at the time. Chunk Your Dog with a Grab Them Cakes. <laughs> what? Grab them cakes, yes. <laughs> then we had uh, Rick Derringer with Real American. 
ไอ้จะไอ้โอเคCover. No, that 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 seems like a cover. 
That's a real song. Oh, geez. From 1965 by Wilson Pickett. Next is Grab Them Cakes. Uh, that's got to be fake. That's a real song from 1981 by oh. a, a singer called King Chameleon. Oh, God. Kill me now. Real American by Rick Derringer. That's a real one. Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield. Uh, I think that's a real one. That's actually, yeah, that's uh, Jimmy Hart. That's, uh, he wrote that one. And of course, Captain Lou's History of Music. Oh my god. Well, of course that's fake. Now, Hulk Hogan's theme. You've heard of Hulk Hogan's theme, haven't you? Yes. Now, I'm not talking about Real American. I'm talking about the other one. Um, yeah. Okay. I've heard both. Yeah. Re- real or fake? Uh, well, well, the Jimi Hendrix one was real. No, no, I'm not talking about Jimi Hendrix. I'm not, this is not, this is neither one. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about, this is Hulk Hogan's theme. And you know what? I will actually pull it up on Spotify right now. On the fly research. Yeah, and then I got, and then after this, I got to go because dinner's almost ready. Just like you know. We're having so much fun on this podcast, we went over time. I'm telling you what's going on here. Okay, this one. I'm sure you've heard of this one. Oh, yeah. Real or fake? That seems fake. No, that's real. That's Bonnie Tyler 84. For everybody was changed because the original is called Fuck Everybody. Tutti Fruity, you know, is real. Yeah. And Don't Go Messing With Country Boy, you know, is fake. And Karamia, yeah. you know, is real. Yeah. All right. Um, then there's one last thing uh, that uh, actually this is going to be quick because I found this on Instagram, like I was telling you. Yeah. Uh, this is called This or That. The Royal Rumble Edition. So are you ready, Ben? Yeah. All right, here we go. This or that. Better acrobat. Naomi or John Morrison? Naomi. 37% went with Naomi, while 63% went with John Morrison. Oh, fuck off. Okay, Kofi with help or Kofi alone? Kofi alone. 70% voted for Kofi alone. Very good. Some who's people the, got a brain. Who's the better eliminator? Kane or Braun Strowman? Kane. 53% went with Kane while 47 went with Braun. Oh, fuck off. You said, be a, you, you said Kane. I, I know, but that should be a landslide in favor of Kane. Not 53, 47. That sounds like a <laughs> oh, okay, I get it. Edge's return or AJ Styles' debut? Edge's return. And 79% agree with you, while 21% went with AJ. Then we have Nia Jax or Beth Phoenix? Beth Phoenix. 
64% went with Beth Phoenix. Then we had Alexa Bliss entrant number one or Bianca Belair entrant number two. Bianca Belair. Oh, 62% voted for Alexa Bliss. Oh, fuck off. We, 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 we both know about the Alexa Bliss stands on the internet. Come on. And but who, we're not stands. We're real fans, motherfuckers. And who is the better sign pointer? The Rock or Ronda Rousey? Who's the best what? Sign pointer. Like to the WrestleMania sign. Oh, um, The Rock. 61% voted with The Rock for The Rock. Well, thank Christ for that. Most eliminations are longest time in about. Longest time in about. Uh, actually, 56% voted for most eliminations. I can, I can see that. And that uh, concludes uh, the, the this or that, the Royal Rumble edition. Ben, we see bring the show to a close. Absolutely. All right, fans. So next week, uh, that's a music trivia thing. That was just a way to fill time uh, and just have fun before we head out for the week. So next week, Royal Rumble 2000 review. Well, we have our Royal Rumble predictions, right? Uh, what's I think is that so. that night next week is the Rumble, no? No, uh, well, let's see. The, yeah, 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 you're right. Because the, the, the pit actually, yeah, I, no, 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 it's not because the, the Rumble is the 31st. Oh, I might think in the 24th. Okay, okay. So we have we have one more week. Okay, okay, we have one more week. Um, I was I thinking that it was next week. Okay. So fans, um, next week we're Rumble 2000, and um, Ben and myself will be back here with a brand new Dishwood Pizza Breaker Short Wrestling Podcast. The roadblocks to the Royal Rumble continue next week. So for Ben, I'm Elio. We'll talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. See ya. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer. Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over.